Are you a person walking around with a label of unworthiness, a label of unattractiveness, or a label of unintelligent? Or are you walking around a label of your own personal label that you labeled yourself as being not good enough? Or maybe you're entertaining the labels that the enemy has placed on you that you're not loved by God. Either way, there's power in labels. And if you're a person that says, hey, man, I have been labeled these things, but you really want to adopt the label of being a child of God and embrace that power, then my friend, this video is for you. Let's talk real quickly about the power of labels before I answer other people's questions. Just about an hour and a half ago, I got off of my Zoom call with a few students of my fundamentals mastery uh mindset mastery program as a hybrid program between mindset and purpose and we talked about labels and its importance and we talked about how each and every one of us are walking around with a label some of us we walking around with the labels such as like i mentioned before unworthy some of us are walking around with the label of unattractive some people walking around with labels placed on them labels they place on themselves or labels they have allowed to stick on them from the enemy but either way Whatever label you have on you is limiting you. I want to actually share a graphic that I shared in my program and read a little bit of it so that you can better understand the power of labels. It says here, overcoming lies and negative labels. Let's read. Negative labels and lies can have a significant impact on our self-identity, hindering us from experiencing the fullness of our identity in Christ. These labels and lies may come from our own negative self-perceptions, the opinions of others, or even from the enemy seeking to distort the truth of who we are. Overcoming them requires intentionality, intentionally replacing those lies with God's truth and affirmations of our true identity in Christ. Before I get into that, let me tell you what I shared on the program. I told them that um, there was a science experiment. I don't know if it was elementary class or middle school class, but there was a science experiment where the teacher placed a label in front of one plant that was negative and placed a, a positive word on the on the outside of the of another plant. And the teacher told the students not to even say the word that's labeled on the plant. After a few weeks of that experiment with no words spoken over the plant, just having those labels on them. It showed that the plant that had a, just a label of a negative word died, while the other plant that had a positive label on them lived. Now, what is it saying? That even if you are labeled something and no one has said it over you, but you allow that label on you, you're going to live out the words that you have labeled yourself after. So if you've been labeling yourself unintelligent, labeling yourself as unworthy, labeling yourself as ugly, labeling yourself as not good enough, labeling, 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 whatever words you allow to label yourself after will limit you and it will determine what type of life you will live. So if you're being negatively labeled, whether you place it on yourself or other others place it on you, then my friend, you can see why there's death around you. That's why you see that your purpose is dying in front of you, that your hope is dying in front of you, that your joy is dying, that your life is dying. But if you allow the positive labels of God to be placed on you, then my friend, you will begin to see life and life more abundantly. See, those who have once been labeled negatively, God has bought out that brand. He bought that brand. So he'll be able to say, you know what? Even though you was once labeled this, even though you was once labeled after that, my friend, I purchased you with my blood. Now I want to relabel you as a child of God so that you'll be able to walk with that power. There's no other label <clears throat> greater than being a child of God. And so let's take some time to read over this a little bit because I want to talk about how most products have two labels. I talked about in the program how there's a label in the front 
and it wraps around the back. So let's talk about it. Um, you see right here on the side of the screen, there's the labels on the back. Before I get into talk about the label in the front. So oftentimes when you go to the grocery store, there are certain items that have a label across the front. That's obvious. Your, no matter what restaurant you go to, I mean, what grocery store you go to, what uh, store you go to, all of us are attracted to some type of label. Some of us, when we're looking at a product, we're looking for the organic label. We're looking for uh, the non-GMO label. We're looking for the no B BPA label. We're looking for all different labels because we identify with the brand that will produce what we desire to have in our lives. So the front of the label, we could post in the comments, what are some things on the front of the label? You got the title of the brand. You also got the label of the product, et cetera. So there's two labels on the front that are of significance. The first label is the brand. So every product has on it a brand. The brand is actually the company that owns the product or the manufacturer of the product. The other thing on the front of the label is also what that product is. So in front of me, you can see, you may not be able to see it, but in front of me is Wordsmith. So my purpose is my Wordsmith. You all see on the front that this is a Wordsmith a person who is also a husband, father, etc. <clears throat> so all of that is on the front of me. That's who I am. But the brand is God. Now, let's look at the back of the labels. On the back of the labels, we see all these different things. We see uh, the total fats. We see cholesterol. We see sodium. We talk about uh, actual uh, uh, foods, uh, products that you can eat or drink or whatever. It talks about what kind of vitamins is in it. It talks about how many servings is in it, right? So when you see that on the front of the label, most of us, we look for uh, organic because we care about eating organic foods. So sometimes even just going off the front of the label can be deceiving. Some some companies, they, they disguise that they're organic or whatever, but there's levels, even layers to organic foods. But when you turn to the back, you will be able to see what you actually will get from that product if you eat it. So when someone or, or if someone or something eats from your life, what's on the back of the label is what they're going to get. So now you got to start thinking, okay, am, am I a part of God's brand? Do I have labeled on me branded child of God? Am I actually functioning in the labels of who I am and who he's created me to be? Or have I allowed myself to be bought out by someone else and allowed them to relabel me and therefore not being who I need to be organically? And so when you look at the back of these labels, we, we also talked about in the program, our mindset program, how... There's like, for instance, we talked about the cereal aisle. You can post in the comments now. Everyone post, uh, whoever wants to post, post your favorite cereal brand. So when you go to the grocery store, what cereal brand do you go looking for? Let's do the activity together. Let's see what cereals, what cereal brand or cereal type of cereal are you looking for? And while you guys are posting the comments, everyone in the group, one person posted Cheerios, another person posted, uh, uh, um, I forgot, uh, the Smacks. I forgot what Chocolate Smacks. I forgot what Smacks was, whatever Smack it was. Uh, Fruity Pebbles. We, well, one person posted Fruity Pebbles, one other person posted Cinnamon Toast Crunch, etc. So they posted, but I told them it's interesting. Cereals that you named are owned by one brand which shows that no matter all of us being different in giftings, that all of us will have different vitamins that we offer, we'll have different sugars that we offer, sodium that we offer, 
but we're by the same brand, right? And so when we understand labels and being labeled as children of God, we will begin to see that even though we're all in the same brand, we all got different ingredients, which means I can't envy you if someone takes you off the shelf, nor should you envy me if someone takes me off the shelf because not everybody's drawn to the brands. And we talked about how whatever label you allow yourself to be labeled by, that's what you're going to attract. So if you're walking around with a label of unworthiness, you're going to attract worthless things. If you label in front of you unintelligent, you're going to label things that lack intelligence about you. No matter what label you were, you're going to attract friends. I gave the example of, of, of the label of Rolls Royce. That Rolls Royce attracts a particular group of people. They attract the people that's different than uh, uh, Mitsubishi shoppers. No knock to Mitsubishi, but there's levels to it. And a lot of people are walking around as Rolls Royces selling themselves short. Let me give you this. Let me ask you this question. If I told you that I have a Rolls Royce for you and all I want from you is $250, what's the first thing going to come to your mind? The first thing that's going to come to your mind is what's wrong with that Rolls Royce? Because even a broke down Rolls Royce is going to be more expensive than some of these new cars. So if I'm over here selling you a Rolls Royce, for $200, you're going to ask the question, is something wrong with that car? The same as with us as humans. When we're walking around being labeled negatively, the people in the spirit world is like, what is this Rolls Royce walking around like it's a Honda? Why is this Rolls Royce walking around like it's a, a car that's of low value? And we got to begin to say, okay, what is my true identity? Who am I really? And when you identify yourself as a child of God, you will walk with shoulders so wide that you got to step through doorways sideways, that you're going to walk so tall and so and so full of joy that every ounce of your presence will fill the room. When the people know who they are in God, no matter what they walk into, no matter if someone even says anything against them, they'll be able to say, that's not my label. And so right now, I don't care what your mama labeled you, what your daddy labeled you, what you've labeled yourself, what the enemy has labeled you. That's not what God labeled you. And so we all said uh, this impact, the impact of negative labels and lies is detrimental to our self-identity. They can lead to feelings of worthlessness, insecurity, and inadequacy. They shape our thoughts and attitudes. Let me see if we can. Um, here we go. They, they shape. Uh, our thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors preventing us from living in the freedom and purpose that God has for us. So my friend, what are you labeled? What are your labels? What is keeping you from being, walking out your true label as a, as a child of God? Because whatever you are allowing yourself to be labeled by, that will determine your limits. Every label gives limits. Even when you're labeled by God, you are limited by God. And I told it, I gave this example. Imagine someone gave you property or you have property of 90 acres, but you only experienced five square feet of that 90 acres. How many people right now, God has given them so much access. I've called you to travel the world. I've called you to impact thousands. I've called you to impact generations. I, I called you to be a mom who, who, who taking care of your children will spark generational impact of revival throughout the nations. Like, like imagine having 90 acres of, of, of oper operations, but because you're labeled negatively, you're only experiencing five square feet of 90 acres. So what am I saying to you? You got to remove those labels because that's not what God labeled you. 
and you gotta know who you are in God, in Christ. You must know that your identity comes from him. So hope that little quick snippet uh, was a blessing to you. Hope y'all got something out of it. Um, and I hope it touched you. Let's see what we got here. Thank you so much, Andre, for the super chat. Hey, coach, I've been watching you for years. I just wanted to say thank you for letting God use you. The work he does through you has been a major influence in my life. God bless you and your family. Thank you so much, my friend. God bless you, too. And I believe God's going to uh, do a marvelous work in your life, man. And I appreciate your, your support. And for those who want to be a part of that program, make sure you check out my website, mycoachjosh.com forward slash mindset mastery to be a part of my um, exclusive group on Zoom. It's a Zoom group. We meet twice a week on Zoom and, and we're going through um, shaping our mindsets because if we shape our mindsets, we can shift our lives. And, and it's a great, great, amazing course. So check it out. We got a lot of people in there, man, already finding their purpose. Lives already been shifted because of their mindsets been shifted from the teachings and from the community we have over there. So mycoachjosh.com. Let me see if I can post it in the chat for you. Um, that was just a powerful word that God uh, brought today in our program just a couple of hours ago. Let me go ahead and share this real quick in the super chat. Answer a couple of questions that I got to go. Hello, uh, Delilah. Hope you're well. All smiles. Good evening. DJ Corbett says, Coach, my freeway anxiety won't go away. I honestly think it's keeping me from big things. What should I do? Well, you got to let God love you more. You got to be able to trust that God's love protects. And if you don't accept God's love, then your fear will limit you. Because if you don't get on the highways and byways, how can God really allow you to reach the, the, the full scope of what he has for you to do? So what you got to do is write down why you're afraid. Write down why you're afraid of the freeway. And then look up statistics that 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 accident, like a lot of people drove on a freeway, never got an accident. So start thinking about that. And, and you're anxious about it because of maybe some story you've heard or whatever. <clears throat> but what I would do is take baby steps. Maybe get on a maybe get on a freeway when it's not busy. Maybe get on a freeway in early morning. Maybe that's what early morning traffic, but get on the freeway late evenings and just test it out. And you'll begin to see it's nothing to be afraid of, my friend. Miss Sandy says, as a brand of Christ, is friendly teasing wrong? And as a girl, what is the difference between flirting and friendly teasing? Well, you don't want to tease because if you tease, they're going to want to be pleased. And you can't tease something to spark a pleasingness in another person. So what I would do is, is it really examine why you're friendly and why are you teasing, right? And, and so what you don't want to do is is, is be labeled as a friendly girl because you don't want to be falsely advertising. A lot of people, they're falsely advertising, putting on labels and trying to be something they're not mature enough to be. And so if you're trying to label yourself as trying to find that thin line to being friendly but not being flirtatious or, or, or whatever the other words are, then my friend, you got to really assess, okay, on a scale of one to 10, what is the response? That's going to one to 10. But what are the typical responses of my friendliness? Are people getting the wrong message? Are guys getting the wrong message? You know what I'm saying? So the difference between flirting and friendly teasing, there's no difference. There's just different labels. Same thing, but different labels, right? Just like cereals on every box is a different type of cereal, right? So it's the same type of, of product, just a different uh, uh, label. 
And so what I would do is, okay, why am I teasing? Why am I uh, being extra friendly? There's nothing wrong with being friendly when it's being just within certain boundaries. Like, hey, how you doing? And But especially with the opposite sex, I will limit my friendliness, especially if it's advertising as teasing, because you don't want to keep teasing someone that wants pleasing. Because then you're going to set yourself up in a, in a predicament that, that may be dangerous or may not be what you've been trying to advertise. Hope that helps. All smiles, none, uh, none, maybe oats of, uh, okay, gotcha, different diets. We got Fruit Loops, yep. Jody Summer says, if God created sex, then why do some church shame sex, even in marriage? How to not feel guilty about sexually desiring my future wife? Well, you don't want to start sexually desiring anything in the future because that future person can't satisfy you. Then you're going to end up satisfying yourself. But the reason, let's answer your question. Uh, God did create sex, and a lot of people don't know how to do sex the way God designed sex to be done. A lot of people do sex selfishly and not selflessly. People do sex only when they want the sex, but don't really know how to be selfless with the sex with their, with their partner. So when people get into the church, they shame something they don't understand. Or they shame something so that you won't stand up under that pressure. But either way, it's better to teach about sex and, and, and help people understand why God created sex and, and why love shouldn't be awakened before it's time so that people can understand that sex is a good thing worth waiting for. Because sex outside of marriage is not safe. Sex is only safe in a marriage where both the husband and wife is both submitted to God. No other place sex is safe. You can have two married people and sex still not be safe for each person because of their heart condition. They're not submitted to God. They're not selfless, etc. And so a lot of churches shame sex because they don't know how, they don't fully understand sex. A lot of people in churches teach a lot of the surface things of the word, or they like to teach the word, but they don't teach the practicalities of the word. They don't want to go super deep because going deep may reveal how they've been creeping, sexing around different places. And a lot of people can't teach what they've been doing. It's hard for people to teach against what they're doing, right? And so a lot of people, they just kind of stay away from it. So how to not feel guilty about sexually desiring my future wife? Well, when you get married, man, enjoy the sexual pleasures of it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't indulge too much mentally anticipating sex because what you don't want to do as a man, because let me keep it real with you as a married man, sex is not going to be uh, all the time in marriage. It's not because you're dealing with a wife, right? And if you, if you keep uh, like stockpiling these desires of sex in a particular place without fully understanding uh, uh, what goes on in a marriage and what happens in a marriage and, and how sex has to be planned and all that different stuff. And if you're not prepared for that and you got all that sexual desire stockpiled and your wife says, hey, right now, or there's certain situations where she's unable to do whatever X, Y, and Z, then my friend, and you're going to start feeling very, very uh, uh, deeply resentful possibly, saddened possibly, because you have elevated expectations of something that you didn't quite fully understand. So what I would do is, is, is realize that sex does come with marriage, but to make sure that you're not so focused on, well, uh, I just can't wait to get married because then I'll be able to. You got to be able to say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to control those sexual urges because not, not all urges are urgent. And you don't want to give urgency to urges, making them where every time you feel the urge, you feel like it's urgent. And then what if your wife can't provide it? Then all of a sudden you're going to be in fits, upset, right? And so uh, I hope that answers your question later. Uh, I got time for two more. I got to go. We have a lot more. Um, I know. I, listen, I put a new battery in the smoke detector. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. 
it's, it's kind of weird. It's a brand new battery. We don't push the button and it's still making a noise. I don't know what's going on with it. So, no, no. Now, it's, well, it's been perplexing me for, for, for some time now. TJ Dream says, why is it that every girl I've seen to like only sees me as a friend or they like dating uh, men and women or they have kids or they have a boyfriend already or a baby daddy? Well, we live in a fallen world with a lot of fallenness and a lot of people that uh, um, just 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 out here. And, and sometimes uh, you have to understand that I don't worry. You shouldn't worry too much about what everybody does. Just focus on what God is doing in you for the one he has for you. Don't get so caught up in, in embodying those rejections because, because you're going to be rejected by things that's not for you. And so what, what really helped me and my singles realize that I'm not going to be attractive to everybody. I'm not going to be, I'm not for everybody. I'm just for one body. And when I realized that then whenever someone or whatever, whatever vibes I got, I didn't really feel so towards, towards closer. But when I met my wife, I didn't feel so uh, downtrodden and upset because I realized, hey, a lot of people are going to put me in a friend zone. A lot of people are going to uh, not see me in that light because I, I'm a different type of tea. I'm a different type of beverage. I'm a different type of person. And not too many people can handle me. They may love the idea of me, but they may not be able to really get along with the individual that I really am. And so when you realize that God made you uniquely and that everything that God has made for you is looking for you, then you can rest when everybody's avoiding you or ignoring you or putting you in friend zones because, you know, the one that's for you ain't going to friend zone at all. TJ also says, it's been like that since I was four. Same for me, man. It's been, I was friends. I was everybody's friend. I was all, I was, I said at the varsity girls basketball table in high school. I mean, I was giving advice. I mean, all the girls put me in a friend zone. That was okay. You know, I mean, it is what it is. I gave great advice. I was a good guy. And a lot of people at your age, my friend, are not looking for good guys. Not too many are. And when you realize that, hey, the game changes when you get about 27. A lot of the girls, a lot of the guys are looking for superficial love at that age because they're still trying to find themselves. So they don't want nothing serious because serious means I got to settle down and serious means I got to be something else. Right. And so when you when you're serious in a world who is not in a group or a bubble that's not as serious, then what you're looking for, they're not looking for. And then you get upset because they're not looking at you because you saying I'm offering everything that you're dating the wrong guy for. But you overlooking me, but you want to friends on me. Do you know I had people tell me, a couple of girls tell me that if you're still single by 30, we're still single by 30, let's get married. What they were trying to say was, hey, you're such a good guy. You husband material, but you're not boyfriend material. And if you husband material around people looking for boyfriend material, then you're going to end up uh, 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 finding yourself discouraged. But when you realize the game changes, the older you get, then my friend, you'll keep being legit. And you'll continue to build yourself up in your uh, in your in your walk with God and build your purpose up. And then, my friend, one day you look up, you'll be years ahead of your peers. Hope they help. I gotta go. Love y'all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me for y'all's questions. Check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. Not Facts Over Feelings, Lord. Multi-purpose. How to Find and Fulfill Your Purpose in Life. Check out this book. This book's going to help you understand what it means to be a multi-purpose person and how to fulfill every purpose that God has placed you in. Also, check out our merch, Well Done. I'm wearing one of the shirts now, Well Done. It's the movement. 
Um, also, if you struggle with soul ties or strongholds, I have this book called The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. Great book there. If you're looking at someone or something right now, you unsure if it was sent by God, this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will help you better discern the will of God for your life and begin to see the differences between the two. Uh, also, if you're struggling to hold what's in your life and you feel like you're losing it because you've got holes in your life or you're in a position right now where you're asking God to pour things into your life, but you have holes, knowing that God's not going to pour anything and where that's going to lead to waste, then this book, The Wholeness Journal, will be a great resource to help you better hold your roles in life. Also, if you're looking for an interactive card game that will support you on that journey, that's fun to play with family, friends, etc., so you guys can better understand wholeness, this card game whole will be a good resource for you too. All these are on my website as well. If you're single and you want to better understand the purpose of it so that you can maximize it, so you'll be in position for to go from singleness to mingleness, then this book, The Purpose of Singleness, would be a great book for you. If you're in a dating relationship or single or married and you really want to position yourself to date the love of your life forever so that you can ask the right questions so that it won't be no question that you guys were meant to be, then this book, Dating Prep, will be a great resource for you. It also uh, has tons of questions, 200 plus questions that will help you either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare and you want to better understand the whole armor of God so you can war well, this book, World War Me, Winning the War Within, will be a great resource for you. Because how can you win the wars against you if you haven't won the war within you? If you have a young person, fourth, fourth grade and up, and you want a good book of proverbial wise sayings for your young person to help them find their art and start their art, then this book right here, as he says, as he for the students I serve, will be a great resource for you. All those things are available on my website. I am uh, mycoachjosh.com. And if you would love to support what I do on this channel, just support me, period. You was blessed by this. You can also support me on that channel as well. Love y'all. I got to go. I, I pray this was a blessing to you. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.